The following podcast contains strong language, adult humor, and opinions that are solely that of the host unless stated otherwise and should not be taken seriously by anyone. Listener discretion is advised. If you're easily offended, sensitive, or under the age of 18, please just stop listening and go do something else. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Microphone check one two three. I still have not got a drum roll. Why? Why? Welcome, 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 welcome to Anthony Gaston's The Be Mike Podcast, episode thirty-five. I am your host, Anthony Gaston. I am here again. God damn it! Why? Yeah, I told myself, give it up. Just quit. Quit it all. Just quit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I just like to get on here and scream at myself and just act like I hate everything. It's my it's my personality disorder. I'm sorry. I'm trying to fix it, but I'm not trying to fix it. I love it, but I hate it. I don't know what is going on with the hypocrisy in me, man. God damn it. I promise I'm trying. I promise. I promise. With all the promises. There's so many promises that I make to myself, and I, I never keep them, guys. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with me. Help. Help me. Help me. Please. God, I'm trying. I'm trying to get by, and then I just don't get by, and then I do, and then I, I don't know. It's literally the definition of hypocrisy is me. Um, I am hypocrisy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love it, I love it. I am him, he is me. Hypocrisy is we. Ah! <laughs> God damn it. On today's episode, we have quite a few topics, maybe a couple that I want to get into, so we're going to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the dis oh, let me let me make sure i get this term correct that way i'm not fucking it up okay we are going to get <laughs> into relational disillusion models and frameworks okay it's a thing that i just discovered and we'll be talking about it. We'll be also talking about ghosting, uh, ooh, in emerging adults, romantic relationships, the digital dissolution and the disappearance strategies. Oh my God. Ooh. And uh, there was an article saying, are we lonelier than ever? But it was a f- not true. So we are not gonna be talking about that. Uh, <laughs> and, um, there was something else that I wanted to discuss, but I kind of forgot. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm hurt, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I, I fucked around, okay? I know I've been talking all this no social media crap, right? Uh, I thought I was ready. I... Thought I was ready, and I downloaded Facebook and Instagram, and I got back on Twitter, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. 
I hate me. I don't like it. God damn it. Okay. I don't, and and it's because, like, literally, I feel like when I get on it, I just, I want to talk to one fucking person, okay? Literally one person. Uh, and I can't, and I need to let that person go. Um, I, I have been ghosted. Ooh. Even though, in the past, I have been a ghoster. Ah, ooh. <laughs> So I know how it feels. I know how it feels to want to go somebody. Give stop talking to me. Leave me alone. Ah, you're a dog. I hate you. You're the worst. You're the worst. And <laughs> so I am the ghosty, and it's it's it's. Ah! <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Maybe I should be okay with it. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I need to be like, ah! Okay. And it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Because God damn it, I just want to curse and scream. And I can't, okay? <laughs> no, I can't. I'm Honestly, it, like realistically, I can't just curse and scream at somebody. So I know that I can't do that. But it's like, <laughs> oh shit no but seriously though like ghosting is is not cool guys like communication is so important okay i want to i want to emphasize this okay because you have to communicate how you feel with somebody right you have to communicate whether or not you don't want to talk to that person or whether you do but the interesting thing about ghosting right is that there are multiple different reasons why a person will ghost, why a person has to accept being ghosted. And there, uh, that's why we're going to be getting into the disillusion, okay? I'm the disillusion of ghosting, okay? <laughs> <sighs> My sources for this topic come from an article, uh, and this is from Imagination, Cognition, and Personality, Consciousness and Theory Research in Clinical Practice, 2019. It is a stage pub article, and it is written by Leah E. Lefebvre, Mike Allen, Ryan D. Rassner, Shelby Garstard, Alexander Wilms, and Callie Parrish. Okay, it's, it's a pretty, pretty unique article. I recommend reading it, and I am going to post a link to it so you guys can always, you know, refer to my sources who don't think that I'm just talking out of my ass and not I read sources okay and uh, the article it, it details the the dissolution strategy of ghosting okay there are multiple different types of ghost ghosting ghosting strategies I should say which include direct self-oriented other oriented or indirect forms of ghosting okay so don't do it god damn it don't ghost okay <laughs> in uh, direct and self-oriented ghosting the person openly acknowledges a desire to end the relationship with little effort to protect their partner you're an asshole uh, 
<laughs> Direct other-oriented ghosting involves openly acknowledging a desire to end the relationship while protecting the partner's self-esteem. You're a very nice person. I respect you. Uh, Self-oriented indirect ghosting means that you're going to end the relationship without an explicit declaration and with a focus on one's own need. You selfish piece of shit! And other-oriented and indirect ghosting means that you're going to end the relationship without an explicit declaration and without harming the partner. I respect you. You're very helpful. Thank you for protecting my peace and self-esteem. You piece of shit, human being. <laughs> okay. <sighs> this article is very unique in a sense that it kind of details some of the, uh, the, the the stages of adulthood, okay? Apparently, uh, it's very important to focus on the life course between the ages of 18 to 29 years of age, okay? Just make sure you're focusing on those numbers, 18 to 29. In this article, it says this is the life stage between adolescence and adulthood, okay? Adolescence and adulthood. So just because you're 18, 19 does not mean you're a fucking girl, you're still a child. 28, you're still a child. 29, you're still a fucking child. And you're trying to understand life, right? And in these stages, uh, currently emerging adults, you know, in this technology age, have a high level of technology use. For instance, 97% uh, own a computer and 94% own a smartphone, you know, so, you know, technology is very important and that's how we communicate mostly. <laughs> Emerging adults have been technologically connected most of their lives, particularly throughout adolescence and early adulthood. For instance, popular social networking sites began in the early 2000s with MySpace and Facebook and... We all grew up relying on technology and applications, which include Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. We rely on these things to communicate, okay? And it's horrible. That's why I need to delete them. Just get them out of my head. <laughs> Emerging adulthood includes a period of romantic and sexual exploration. Ooh. Where individuals encounter increased opportunities to consider their relationships and identity. Emerging adults have less structured and scripted relationship development. Prior traditional uh, FTF romantic relationships search for a partner relied on places shared in common that permitted persons to meet through closed field partnering, which includes like churches, schools, employment, or, you know, stuff like that where you guys, that's like where I like to meet bitches, like where I like to frequent. I will see you at church. You're probably pretty wholesome, right? If I see you in school, you're probably kind of smart so I should fuck with you, right? And if I saw you like, you know, at my job, I don't think I would have fuck with you because you got to make my life better for no reason. Golly, uh, don't shit where you sleep. Oh God, I've been there before. Don't fuck with coworkers, man. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. 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 I remember this one coworker was literally stalking me throughout the job. Okay, it was horrible. Why are you stalking me? That's unnecessary. You're older than I am. What the fuck? You're acting like a child. Why are you stalking me throughout the store? I see you everywhere. I just saw you on the bus. Oh my god. Literally. You don't want to look up and see your stalker on the bus, okay? You don't. 
Uh, and I probably shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have fed into that. I low-key got a letter. I'm not going to lie. I got to take accountability. It's practicing mindfulness. I let her on, but I was like, I don't want to flick with you no more. So leave me alone. I did tell her. I didn't just ghost her. At least I planned to say fuck off, right? <laughs> The development of social networking technology has pushed relationship initiation but beyond face-to-face -face contact, right? While previous emerging adulthood scholarship discussed for first romantic events and turning points leading towards escalation, minimal empirical research has investigated how emerging adults communicate and manage disillusion and how their relationships dissolve, right? This is where we have to take note. <laughs> Not funny. Stop laughing at me, laugh track. Uh, <laughs> emerging adults, their <laughs> emerging adults' romantic relationships are fragile, unstable, and often terminate. Ooh. Okay. Approximately 70% of college students, typically emerging adults, have experienced a romantic relationship breakup with many experiencing multiple turnovers and instability. Breakups are emotionally painful, frequently cited among life's most distressing psychological events. Ooh. Emerging adulthood represents a transition time open to learning how to break up with ICTs. Now, keep in mind, okay, that emerging adults really do rely on technology. Weiskirch and Delevey, I'm sure I'm pronouncing these names wrong, found that dissolution, as with initiation and maintenance, is shifting to incorporate more technology, particularly for emerging adults. Prior findings indicate that the least caring and compassionate, indirect, self-oriented, and distancing strategies often involve actions that utilize text messages, instant messaging, voicemail, email, and, you know, other social network contacts. Okay. Texting is utilized most frequently. Breaking up via technology may emulate avoidance via distant communication where individuals separate themselves physically and psychologically from their partners. Okay. Internet communication technologies afford individuals easier ghosting ability. And this study here that we're going into explores what ghosting is. And I'm sure most of you already know what ghosting is. Uh, but ghosting basically is a relational withdrawal practice, okay? That's to put it in, in, in more broader terms. It's basically uh, when, you're, when your significant other just stops talking to you altogether. <laughs> you, you, you respond, you, re you reach out, and there's literally no communication. This has happened to me multiple times throughout my emerging adulthood. Um, I don't know why you're clapping, okay? Stop clapping, this sucks. <laughs> it is. The article states that uh, non-initiators become hurt, lack closure, and might confront the initiator. Uh, the ghoster as an individual initiating the disappearance or ceasing communication, whereas the non-initiator is someone who has been ghosted or basically the ghosty, i.e. me! <laughs> uh. 
And just know, you know, in these relationships, you know, we we all play very vital roles, okay, as the non-initiator or the initiator, okay? You have to be able to identify yourself with that role. Are you an initiator in ghosting or are you a non-initiator in ghosting? Ooh. Make sure you pay attention, okay, to yourself and be mindful. Are you ghosting or are you the ghostie? <laughs> <sighs> this study took a bunch of participants who were emerging adult aging from about 18 to 30, right? Uh, the ethnicities included 89 or about 87% Caucasian, uh, the rest are about multiracial, 2% African American. So it's a lot of white people, so just be careful of those whites. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, that's a joke. <laughs> Now, <clears throat> initiators in this article or this uh, study have described their decision-making disillusion processes, right? So there are three themes that people, that, sorry, that the study noticed, uh, which is A, selecting a medium, B, choosing the interval to implement, and C, implementing the, the disillusion permanency, Right? So individuals maintain differing medium preferences when ghosting. Uh, for example, in the study, the medium involved a strategic choice to utilize a mediated context. A 22-year-old female noted that ghosting has occurred entirely on Facebook, which incidentally is where we met. Sometimes the initiation of the communication or relationship paralleled the disillusion. Another participant who was a 27-year-old male stated that I was just talking to her on Tinder and then it just stopped talking to her. You know, he had met the potential partner through Tinder and felt no need to, communi to continue communication, thus ceasing the initiation process of a relationship. The lack of obligation to maintain con contact could be a reason why individuals find ghosting without face-to-face -face initiation easier to accomplish. <clears throat> Participants noted that ghosting occurred along an interval from sudden to gradual on a continuum. Sudden ghosting appeared as halting or stopping, whereas gradual ghosting involved slowing or fading intervals. Sudden ghosting represented by a 20-year-old female who said, you are going to ghost. <clears throat> Don't text the person. I would not text the person back. I would drop them completely. Two females noted that expedience determined disillusion. I think you could slowly drift apart and stop talking, but I don't know if that's really ghosting. So maybe... It's more out of the blue and sudden. Or, I think the person decided they weren't interested instead of letting me know. It's easier for them to let the relationship fizzle and slowly disappear or stop talking or responding. Unlike the sudden ghosting, a gradual ghosting slowly decreases communication over a period of time and extends uncertainly during the disillusion processes. Ghosting occurred as permanency along a continuum from short-term long-term. Short-term ghosting transpired around situational factors like vacations, travel, inebriation, or less innocuous or intentional rationale like distractions or forgetfulness. One 29-year-old male stated, if I ghost him, yeah, it's like a temporary shutdown just for the time being. Technology provides the ability for easy access. However, participants noted that does not mean they cannot disappear or cease communication as needed. Long-term ghosting from a 24-year-old male meant I would consider ghosting as going like cold turkey and quit talking to a girl completely. Just shut out of your life. Permanent dissolution denies resurrection or the hope that communication between partners or relationships will come back to life 
Ghosting allows initiators to determine temporary to permanent status or the degree for ending communication with the non-initiator. Ghosting primarily resides at the endpoints without much latitude between, either without intention or temporary. Non-initiators did not often recognize forewarning from initiators along the continuum, which, uh, which created no ability to decrease uncertainty. To summarize this, ghosting for the initiator frequently occurred as a sudden action. The action is meant to permanently cease communication between initiators and non-initiators. Now, this study is very long and thorough. It's about 26 pages, so I recommend reading it yourself. Because I'm not going to read this whole thing. It would take the whole pod up. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but just know, just know, there are some distinct uh, dimensions to, uh, to this disillusion strategy of ghosting. So just be aware of them and try to focus on them. If you are going to be ghosting anyone, you dickheads. Or if you're going to be a ghosting, you can pay attention to these things. <laughs> So <laughs> there are four types, right? Sudden, long-term, gradual, and short-term. In sudden, short-term uh, disillusion, basically, quickly, dis the person quickly disappears without any notice and leaves opportunity to reinitiate re communication. You're a dick. <laughs> Don't leave the door open if you're not going to still be inside the building. Get out. Just leave. Get out. Close it and lock it. Out. Blah, blah, blah. Sudden and long-term <laughs> refers to quickly disappearing without notice and plans not to reinitiate communication. I like that person. <laughs> if you're going to leave me, just be like, yeah, fuck off, bitch. And just be like, you know, don't give me any hope. I don't want any hope. I don't want hope. Hope hurts, okay? I know I talked about it in the last part of worship. Be like, don't take it home, but I know how to. I hate hope. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Long term and gradual means that you're going to slowly disappear over time and planning not to reinitiate communication at all. Again, I respect that. Just don't leave the door open. This is not a fucking Silk Sonic song. <laughs> Short term and gradual uh, refers to slowly disappearing over time and leaving the opportunity to reinitiate communication. You're a dick. I said it already. Don't leave the door open for me. If anything, shut it in my face. Just hit me with the door. It's okay. I'm not promised. I'll get over the bruises. <laughs> it's a dick thing to do, okay? Ghosting is a dick thing to do. I know because I've done it and I've, I've taken accountability for it and I've spoke to the person that I've ghosted before. And I was like, I'm sorry. It was a dick thing to do. But I was going through stuff. God, let me go through things. God. And I did. And I went through my, my things. And then, you know, we kept talking. And it was okay. God. But, like, I think I'm a dick. Okay. And this is why I said hypocrisy is me. I am hypocrisy, okay? Because literally I have ghosted and I have done all four types. So I deserve to be ghosted. <laughs> I am John Redcorn. Hypocrisy is me. I am hypocrisy. And uh, so in conclusion to this whole article, because I'm going to end this, this, this subject intersection. It's too long, okay? Like my dick. <laughs> the ghosting phenomenon... <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
the ghosting phenomenon involves avoiding and disengaging from a relationship as initiated first through mediated forms. Ghosting became the term that emerging adults use to describe their, modi, their modus operandi, which basically means like the way that they're going to do something, of mediated relationship disillusion. This is how they have decided to end their relationship. And ghosting, the relationship dissolution process involves vanishing without notice. You're a fucking magician all of a sudden, huh? <laughs> all right, Harry Houdini, get ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, you know, they leave, they vanish without notice, and this is going to equate to avoidance, right? So the emerging adult must decide to enact ghosting by direct or indirect strategies, face-to-face -face or via technology. Uh, and this study aimed basically to further clarify the connections to previous relationship disillusion literature. Although ghosting is closely related to previous scholarship novel distinctions, uh, ghosting commonly leaves the non-initiator with questions or uncertainty. Me, ha <laughs> ha, I have so many questions and uncertainty about me. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all can't see my facial expressions when I make some of these sound effects because I look dumb. I look so stupid. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not holding my microphone. I can emote to do things. It's screaming. My hands are in the air. I can pull my hair out. <laughs> Oh God, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the ghost. Uh, <laughs> while the ghoster, ghoster or initiator disappears, conceptualizing the ghosting phenomena is rom in romantic relationships demonstrates evolving relationship processes while adapting to emerging um, information communication technologies that offer digital affordances to escape unwanted relationships without ever having to break up. Ooh. <laughs> That's very interesting. So, ghosting is horrible, guys. Uh, it is. It really is. I'm not. I, I know. I joke and I say hypocrisy is me. I am hypocrisy. Literally, I have been a ghoster and now I am a ghosty. And it's like you know, you get over it. God damn it. <laughs> this is just a part, I guess, of of the new age of information communication technology and I think I have to accept that. So I'm gonna accept it and cry to myself. <laughs> it just, oh, it's okay, man. Fuck bitches get money. It's cool. We over. We over. So, uh, so uh, in closing, don't be a dick, okay? <laughs> just communicate. If you don't want to be with somebody, just say that shit. It's easy, all right? It's easy. Don't be a dick, all right? So, yeah, yeah. Now, this next topic basically coincides with um, everything we just discussed, right, on ghosting, all right? So, if, so let, let you be the ghosty, right? You're, you're the ghosty, and you're trying to, to figure out what to do, you know? Like, what do I do in this relation, relational disillusion? Like, what do I do? I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, we're going to discuss... We're gonna discuss holding on and letting go. Memory nostalgia and the effects of virtual possession management practices on post-breakup adjustment. I'm sorry, we gotta talk about breakups. Cause I, I'm going through it. Like, I'm sorry, I gotta help me with the things. What do you want me to do? Talk about some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can talk about the Lakers. Where do you want me to talk about the Nuggets? Which one? I can talk about either. I like Nikolai Jokic too. No, but uh, <laughs> uh, this article comes from the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, all right, from 2020, and it's written by Nicholas Brody, Leah LaFabreva, and Kate Blackburn. So shout out to you. <sighs> Trying to join your ranks one day of doing studies. Uh, the abstract states, when people in their relationships, they must choose which parts of the relationship to remember and forget as they prepare themselves for new future partners. Ooh. This memory process is complicated by the recordability and permanence of mediated messages because individuals must actively curate their virtual possessions, such as pictures with the previous partner or online relationship statuses. Using the relational disillusion model framework, this study investigated the behaviors people use online to manage the end of the relationships and how these choices may influence the way they adjust to the breakup. College students were surveyed to examine how their keeping and deleting of virtual possessions are related to their post-breakup adjustment. Results suggest that keeping virtual possessions negatively relates to post-breakup adjustment. Participants who were more nostalgic were more likely to keep virtual possessions following a breakup, which mediated the relationship between nostalgia and post-breakup adjustment. The implications show how the persistence of mediated possessions has the potential to affect the breakup process as people struggle to manage the relational memories. Now, this study here is actually very in-depth. Uh, again, there will be a link to it in the description if you'd like to read it. I suggest it, especially if you like psychology as much as me. Like, it's, reading studies to me, I think, helps me the most uh, to learn, you know, how people think, act, and behave. Because, you, you know, it gives a broad, uh, a very broad example um, of how people act and think. And then also, with professionals who are looking into it and they understand things way better than I do, uh, it helps. It helps me to understand. It helps me to be able to tell you guys, like, you know, what's going on and how to break down these studies. So I highly recommend reading the studies. If I put a link there, click it and read it, okay? It's, it's very, very vital. Uh, Memories reside in our minds and are enhanced through the physical objects we keep, like diaries, photographs, letters, etc. And also through remembrance, in which memories are externalized and stored in virtual spaces made possible by new technologies like mobile phones, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. These spaces, both tangible and intangible, affect people's ability to store and interact with memories by documenting, archiving, and concretizing their previous experiences through the assistance of technology. I don't, uh, I don't like, uh, this is something that, that I dealt with, with with multiple breakups. Like, I'm not just going to keep relating, relaying things to my last most recent breakup. Like, I know everybody has done this. You get with somebody, you start taking all these pictures and all this type of stuff. Like, you know, with these mobile, home, these mobile phones, we're basically like photographers everywhere we go. So if you want to snap a pic of your girl, you want to take a pic, y'all are out, you know, eating together, you go to the fair, you take, you know, those cute little fair pictures and all that stuff, and you keep it as like a memento and memories and stuff. But 
in a way, it it it, it can negatively affect you. You know, uh, not even reading the study, just personally. I have felt that grief, right? When you go through your phone and you swipe too far down your memories or some shit and then you start seeing pictures of you with somebody and then you get, you know, you you feel you do feel nostalgic and you regress back into that time and you maybe want to be with that person again and yada yada yada. You know, it 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 feels nice, you know, to have that that now nostalgia nostalgia and the memories and being able to access them at any moment. But at the same time, in moving on and letting go, it's very it's very uh what is the word that I'm looking for? Not hypocritical because it, it, it's not hypocritical, but it can it can be very bad for your progress in moving forward to continue to look back. Right? I played this game, The Evil Within, uh, The Evil Within Two, and a lot of times you have to run from monsters and shit. Right? Like you're running, you're you're fucking sprinting, and you're getting tired. But I've noticed one thing, right? And, and this is real. If you play this game, you'll notice this. You can run forward. If you're looking ahead of you, you can run forward without any issues. You're, you're just going, 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 going. The monsters are most likely not going to catch you. If anything, they're actually going to stop after a while. Uh, you can jump over shit. You can, you can duck, hide, crawl under stuff, go into containers and cabinets and hide, right? But, but what I noticed is that in moments where I'm running, but I turn around to look back and see if the monster is there, my character stops moving. He's no longer progressing forward. He's just halting his movements to look back to see if this monster is still there. I know you're wondering, why, what, what are you talking about? What are you saying? This doesn't make any sense, but imagine the monsters are your memories, right? And your, and your, your feelings of nostalgia with a certain person and you're running from that person, every time you turn around to look back and, and see if that person is still there, your progress on moving forward to another person, to you know, another whatever relationship is going to be halted because you're continually looking back. So I've noticed you know, in my life, not this video game shit, in my life, that if I want to move forward with, an with another person, I have to just completely get rid of all of those memories. Like, I cannot go and look at the pictures of us. I can't go and look at videos you sent me because I am going to regress back into that. I will fall back in that mindset that I had with you, especially if the feelings were real. Like, it's not something where I can just let go if I'm continuing to see you, see it. And that's, where, that, that's why I was screaming and shouting at the beginning of the pod because I, I fucked around and I, and I downloaded these social media apps again knowing that I wasn't ready for it, you know? If I'm being real and mindful, I wasn't ready for it. I'm not ready to go on social media without being able to speak to this person because our relationship started on Facebook. Even though I knew her in real life, uh, I, of course, like me and her, we knew face-to-face. -face. We've known each other for a very fucking long time. Uh, so when I get back on social media, it's like, okay... Literally, since we were kids, how I connected with this person was via social media, even though we knew each other face to face. Uh, and it was just comfortable that way. I guess that's just a part of growing up with technologies. Like, you know, you, you, in eighth grade, I was texting, you know, and on AIM and shit like that. So getting back on these social media things, even though I'm not ready, it, it, it is halting my process to be able to focus on the person that I am with right now. And I think that's really not fair if it's not fair to me or that person that I'm continuing to, to fall back and regress into a relationship with the person who obviously doesn't 
care about me. And if they do, they don't show that. So if a tree falls in a forest and I don't hear it, it didn't fall. <laughs> That's just how I feel. Uh, hypocrisy is me. I said the exact opposite quote like three pods ago. So hypocrisy is me. I am hypocrisy. Hi, welcome to my TED talk. And, uh, <laughs> So just to understand how virtual possessions and the processing and management of possessions following a breakup complicate the relationship disillusion model, they do detail uh, the model. And the relationship disillusion model has about five processes. Uh, these processes include intrapsychic, dyadic, social network, grave distressing, and resurrection. The intrapsychic process involves a person engaging in internal dialogue about their relationship. This process includes the internal reflection about the state of the relationship. The dyadic process highlights partners' discussion with one another, either to work through the relationship concerns or to end the relationship. If a decision to end the relationship is, ba is made, both people enter the social process, which involves communication with one's social network about how and why the relationship ended. Often in the communication and the uncoupling to others, the breakup, process, the breakup becomes official. These first three processes describe the cognitive and communication functions involving the individual, partner, and their network. The next two processes, which are grave distressing and resurrection, discuss the personal, psychological, and communic communicative process surrounding the memories from the previous relationship and attempt to hold on to specific memories while also allowing oneself to let go. Grave distressing, distressing involves tidying up memories and account making for the disillusion. In grave distressing, individuals must work on re retrospectively making sense of the relationship and what it means for their past, present, and future. This process involves reconceptualizing of the relationship from beginning to end and facing up to the reality that the relationship is over and in a socially acceptable way. The resurrection process highlights a rebirth and readiness to begin new relationships. Resurrection involves pre preparation for a different future, depending on the self-image constructed in and through the breakup. The last, these last two processes help concretize memories about their previous partners and relationships. So it's very important, those last two steps. And just note, these five processes do not always occur for everyone, nor are they se sequential or, you know, they don't happen in the same order for every person. So just depending on how your breakup was, that's going to reflect your relationship disillusion model. Um, but the RDM does highlight the commonplace order and the five processes, so it's, it's very necessary to just, you know, focus on the steps, like which part in the RDM are you on if you're currently going through a breakup? If not, fuck your relationship, I hate you all, God, I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, that's a joke, man, that's a joke, that's a joke. <laughs> Now, I did not realize how long this podcast is right now. It's a little longer than the last episode, so I'm, I'm going to cut this segment short. So just read the article. I am going to put a link to it, of course, so you guys can re refer to it. But just know, in conclusion, uh, initiating and maintaining relationships create memories 
and consequently the disillusion process calls into question what to do with the trove of virtual possessions from a dissolved relationship, how to manage the associated artifacts, and how these artifacts affect individuals' ability to adjust to the breakup. This study sought to understand the influence that virtual artifact management has on people's ability to recover from the end of a relationship, and the results provide insight into the effect virtual artifact management may have on the way people experience the varying relationship dissolution processes. The findings reinforce the possibility of a new process, relational curation, in which people actively interact with and manage their memories of relationship vis-a-vis -vis their virtual possessions. In some findings showed that the persistence of online memories has the potential to affect the breakup process as individuals struggle with how to frame the breakup and prepare for future relationships. Uh, it's a really great article. You know, in simpler terms, just to break that all down, you know, when we start these relationships and when we are, you know, creating memories with each other just as humans we're all human we all feel these same things right when we're going through these processes of, of getting with someone we have to take it take account the fact that the relationship may end eventually right uh and i think i have to kind of accept that a little bit more myself um these relationships are going to end but how we manage our memories, how we manage ourselves, how we manage, how we cope with the breakup, our actions afterwards, it's all, that's all dependent upon us and our growth mentally uh, and psychologically, you know. I am the type of person where I want to scream at the top of my lungs and voice my opinions to the world and tell everybody how I feel, but is that healthy? Uh, is that the proper way to deal with with the situation is this gonna is this gonna make me look bad is it gonna make my ex look bad like how 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 is how how do i manage my relationship disillusion model in order to protect both me and my ex-partner while at the same time preserving my sanity enough to be able to move forward you know at some point, you have to let go, let go of all of your virtual possessions. You have to let go of all the physical possessions and you just have to move on. Right. Just do it in a healthy way. Do it in a way where you aren't causing distress to anyone. You aren't causing distress, any more distress to yourself. Because if you're like me, you're already distressed to fucking hell. Like, God. So you just have to genuinely be careful and manage your psychology manage your mental health and manage your own relationship disillusion model properly you know don't be like me don't be hypocrisy hypocrisy is me and that is we and i do not want you to be like me okay not do it <laughs> instead i will leave you to your monday have a great great monday everybody and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Anthony Gass's The Be Mike Podcast. I am your host, Hypocrisy himself. Uh, and just know psychology is something that we all can get through. Like, I, I can't emphasize enough that even though I feel the way that I feel, it is only a temporary feeling. 
Like, it goes away. It comes and it goes. So I can't act on the way that it feels currently, right? But we'll be okay. We will get through it all together. And this is Anthony Gaston, the B Mock Podcast. Oh, oh, one more thing before I sign out. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might notice that the B Plus episodes have disappeared. Right, right. There were two, and I was going to do more, but I have, I've, I've put a halt to it for right now. And the only reason why is because I've just moved providers. Uh, so shout out. So rss.com for allowing me to host on their platform and it's super great i'm so so excited to be using a new hosting platform that actually gives me all my stats from everywhere properly unlike spotify which i don't even like your platform bro i don't even listen to my old podcast on your platform spotify is a lot uh, <laughs> But um, I say all that to say the B-plus episodes may come back. They may, but not right now. I'm going to halt that and uh, focus more on just the main podcast, Anthony Gaston's The B-Mike Podcast, and, uh, and the book club. So as of right now, just don't even worry about B-plus episodes. If you want to listen to me, listen on Anthony Gaston's The B-Mike Podcast weekdays, Monday through Friday. I'm always here. There are many of episodes. Um, oh, episodes one through 14 are not going to be on the streaming services as of yet. Because those were uh, exclusives kind of with Spotify they, or Spotify, they were made on that platform. I have to re, uh, re-upload them. So I'm going to mix them again and you know make the audio sound a lot better, a lot clearer. So those episodes, if you do want to go back to one through 14, you can't right now. But expect for them to be back up by the end of the week. Um, I'll, have, I'll have all those out. So no worries. And they'll be available everywhere. Uh, there is a new thing that I'm doing. No, it's called Anthony Gaston's The Be Mike Podcast Clips. And that right now is only on Apple. But I'm going to host that and put it on every platform as well. And it's basically just clips of the show. Uh, this, the, the topics are broken down and uh, upload it individually so you don't have to worry about listening to an intro song, a disclaimer, or any of that if you just want to listen to the topics themselves. Anthony Gaston, the Be Mike Podcast Clips. It's up on Apple. Uh, it's free. You just go to, you can search Anthony Gaston Podcast Plus or search Anthony Gaston, Be Mike Podcast Clips. Whichever one is more convenient for you, they will be there. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, in the description, there is a questionnaire. Uh, it's a link to a Google form. I am looking for your feedback. It's about eight questions. If I'm not mistaken, you can click that link and answer those questions for me. That would be awesome. Leave your email for a shout out. Uh, but I am looking for your guys' feedback. So if I'm doing well, tell me I'm doing well. If I suck, tell me I suck. I appreciate you all. <laughs> And again, thank you for listening. All my first time, last time listeners, y'all motherfuckers is crazy. I I love y'all. It's all love, peace, love, positivity, and all that bullshit. And uh, take care of your mental health. Uh, Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I am hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is me. And this is Anthony Gash's The Be Mike Podcast. Thank you. Subscribe on Anthony Gash's Podcast. Plus, we are live. Uh, Have a great week. What the dog doing?